This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. I want us to open our Bibles very quickly this morning and just go through the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says, But let us come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Today I'll be talking about the, the access to the mercies of God. Because you can see that mercy is a connection between the mercy, grace, and help. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy first and then find grace to help in time of need. How do I access the message of God? By what power? By what posture? How do I posture myself in such a way that I call obtain mercy and then I find grace to help in time of need? I want us to open our Bibles. I want to pray for someone this morning. You will know how to tap into the mercies of God. The grace of God will be available for you. That grace that meets all things, all needs. And you will find help in Jesus' mighty name. Acts chapter 3 from verse 19. I'm talking about the power of repentance. If you want to tap into the message of God, you need to know how to repent. Repentance is not altar call. Because there's a way in which we repent. Many of us don't know even how to repent before God. What is repentance? Well, people have been denied, you know, the awesome, abundant grace because of this access called repentance. Many of us, we, we love the story and we know the story of David. We admire David a lot. And we could see how even the scripture refers to a particular mercy. He calls it the sure mercies of David. Sure mercies. What was it about this man that stood him out? That made him to be the beloved of God. David, the beloved of God. Was it that he was sinless? No. If you compare the life of David 
and Saul. David even did worse. But you knew how to repent. One time, when people went to war, Israel was at war, but David was at home, and he was just strolling on the top, you know, of his roof. And then he saw a very beautiful lady having a bath, Bathsheba, the wife of a Hittite called Uriah. He lusted after her. He committed adultery, slept with her, slept with the wife of one of his soldiers who was so passionate about the king's commands, who was so passionate for Israel, who was so passionate about the king's heart. That was betrayal. A man who would not disrespect or disregard the king. So we're going to war. Everybody went to war. This man loved David so much and respected him. David saw his wife and then slept with his wife. And then she got pregnant. When she got pregnant and she told David, David, I'm pregnant. David did everything to hide the consequences of his sin or the results of his sin, the fruit of his sin rather, not the consequences, the fruit of his sins. When you sin, there's always a fruit that comes out. So he did everything to hide it. He, uh, but it was impossible. He sent for the man to come so the man Uriah could sleep with his wife to see how it can be concealed. But Uriah said, no, I'm not going to sleep even on my bed. I'd rather stay at my doorstep. Why? Because I'm so passionate for this country. The love of this country, the love of the assignment that consumed me even beyond satisfying my carnal desires. Many a times, when people go to war, soldiers, go to, um, soldiers when they go to war, smoke them for, you know, for months, for weeks. Every time they had time to come back, or they're given permission to come back, they're always looking for a way in which they can reconcile with their family and be with their wives. But this man's passion consumed him so much. Was loyal to Israel, was loyal to the king. He said, No, I'm not going to sleep outside. I'm not going to sleep with my wife. When David did that, persuaded him the man couldn't, you know, he did not. He didn't submit to his plans. And David was wondering, What do I do? And the baby was growing. Pregnancy was growing. What do I do? And David said, the best thing for me to do is to kill this man. Let me kill, let me kill him. So, he called for the commander in the field. and said, take this man and put him where the war is most fiercest. 
So you expose him. David planned this in his heart. It was premeditated. He thought about it. You know, sometimes you are thinking, people are thinking, oh, it just happened. No, many times it did not just happen. Planned it. Thought about it. Executed it in his heart. And then executed it outwardly. And then the man was hit on the battlefield and the man died. So David thought that everything was okay. One of the things you don't know, people of God need to know, is that God is very careful of every detail of your life that relates to everything, especially the relationship with him. So, David continued. Life, doing life, he was still going to the altar and still shouting. He was still going to the lost house and still praising God. He was still the same David who loved God, just loving him and praising him and thinking that the loudness of his prayers, the loudness of his praise could hide issues that has not yet been resolved by God. And many of us are in that same state. You think by shouting big prayer, by going to night vigils, by going to camp meetings, you can dull, conceal, or put under the carpet issues that you have not dealt with. That is not how God is. So, life continued. Everything was working out for David. Everything. Do you know why things were working out well for him? Even though he hid his sin and he had not repented of his sin? Because of this. Please help me open your Bibles again too. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to open your Bibles, please, into the book of Romans, chapter 2, from verse 4. It says, Or despised thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? Have you seen it there? Or despised thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, endurance. God was enjoying with him good things still happening to him. He was not aware. Listen, this is what it says here. Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. You know, sometimes. Someone who is not aware of how God operates will say, I'm doing this thing, but good things are still happening to me. I'm still sharing testimonies. I'm committing this sin. My wife is not dying. My son is not dying. Everything is still working out well. I still go out and still do my business. Since I work, I'm still strong, Asia. Please don't take God for granted. He said, do not despise 
is forbearance. Because the reason why God has not smitten you, the reason why God has not dealt with you, is because of what? Because he was showing his, his goodness so that you can repent. Many at times we are thinking that God will have to show us his harshness for us to repent. His goodness should make you to repent. Someone say, oh, I'm living in adultery fornication. I'm even coming from the, the I'm, I'm, I, I even came to church, you know, from the bed of adultery, but I, 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 as I lifted up my hands and say, you know, and the power of God was moving, God still healed me. Haven't you noticed that in your life? Or in someone's life? What is God saying? Despise not the riches of his goodness. Or his forbearance or long-suffering. Why? Because the goodness of God, his kindness, should cause you to repent. So everything was still working out well. So because things are working out well for you, doesn't mean that there are no issues. So David continued and Everything was okay. And then one day, God sent a prophet called Nathan to him. He was his personal prophet. Prophet ordained for his throne. And Nathan went and approached him. And then told him a story. He said, David, there is this story about a man who was very rich. He had herds, uncountable, he had sheep. Very rich man. And another man, very poor. This man had only one female sheep. A ewe lamb. Only one. He got it when he was young, when he was small, and he had been with his family. He had, you know, so close to this sheep that they ate from the same plate, drank from the same cup. His children loved this sheep so much. Many a times the sheep would come and just rest on his bosom. He had this emotional connection with this sheep because he had been with this sheep for long and he loved this sheep so much. He had only one, one. And he said to him, in that city, Someone was traveling, and when he was traveling, he passed through the house of this man, a traveler. And then this man, rich man, said, how will I, you know, receive this, my visitors? How do I treat them right? How am I going to refresh them? How do I serve them? He had a lot. But he went to this poor man's house and forcefully took that Lamb took it from him and then killed it, slaughtered it, and then prepared it for those travelers. And Nathan said to him, Ah, in fact, before Nathan could finish saying that to him, the king said, What? That man is a wicked man. Who is that guy? I will make sure that man, that man should restore four times. That man should be killed, that man. And 
Nathan said to him, you are the man in the story. You took the wife of Uriah, killed him, killed Uriah, took his wife. As soon as David heard it, David went down on his knees and started to beg God. Started to beg him. He says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to the multitude of attendant mercies. Say, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquities, and cleanse me from my sins. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sins are ever before me. Said against thee, thee only have I sinned and done that which is evil in thy sight, so that thou might be justified when thou teach and be clear when thou judgest. Said, in sin did my mother conceive me, and I was shaped in iniquity. See, therefore, have mercy upon me. Wash me thoroughly with eyes open, and I shall be clean. Don't take the Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the just my salvation, you know, and uphold me with the willing spirit. If you read the book of Psalm 51, you see what he went through, and you see the stages of repentance. Number one, how do you repent? How did David repent? The first thing he did was that he acknowledged his sins. Say, for I acknowledge my sins. My transgressions and my sins are ever before me. So he acknowledged the sins. Many of us do not even know how to acknowledge our sins. If you had, you know, your someone, you know, maybe your worker, for example, you know, stings or does something in your home, or probably uh, while ironing your dress, you know, he burnt it. And just come and say, Master, forgive me. You ask him for what? What did you do? Many of us, instead of, become, instead of getting very detailed with God, we just say, God, just forgive me generally. That is not how to repent. That is not how to bring repentance to God. You must acknowledge your sins before him. So the first thing he did was that he acknowledged the sins. The next thing he did, he accepted his wrong. He says, against thee, thee only have I sinned and done that which is evil in thy sight. Only you have I sinned against. So what is repentance? What is repentance? When a man repents, just like David, You have what is called godly sorrow. Second Corinthians chapter 7 from verse 10. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. So you see people come for repentance and they're not even sorry for their sins. A genuine repentance comes with what? Godly sorrow. Are you really sorrowful? This is beyond guilt. It's beyond guilt. For your sin. Do you know that refusal to apologize is same as refusing the grace and the forgiveness of God? He apologized. 
When you apologize, you admit the wrong. And this will bring about the change that is needed. Anyone who wants to feast on the message of God, who wants to feast on the goodness of God, who wants to feast on the grace of God, must have to come with a repentant heart. Many relationships, even amongst us, are destroyed because of lack of say, I'm sorry. I am sorry. This word, I am sorry, has healed many homes, many marriages, many friendships. It's the same with God. When you are truly sorry for what you've done, David was truly sorry for what he did. He said, God was there. And God said, Why? Well, I've forgiven you. But there are also consequences. David cried for that son that was born to leave. He fasted, did all that. God said, This guy was not, this son will not leave. Why? Because the product of disobedience cannot survive before God. So that son died. But the relationship between him and God was restored. God created a new heart in him. He renewed with him a right spirit. He restored the joy of his salvation. May someone's joy of salvation be restored this morning in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, my father. May someone find repentance, hallelujah, experience the power of repentance before God this morning in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Jesus says something in the book of Luke chapter 13 from verse 1 to 4. Every time I read this story, I see how deep God is. It reveals to me again and again that repentance is not just for the super sinful. Luke chapter 13 from verse 1. Let's read it. It says, now there were some, there are some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifice. So these Galileans were in the temple. They had come to worship God. And then Pilate killed them. That their blood got mingled with their sacrifice. He killed them in the place of worship. He killed them in the place where they, are, where they were offering their sacrifices. Even though we do not know a lot about this report, but it was consistent with what we know about Pilate. Now, Jesus asked this question. He said, do you think that these Galileans who were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? He said, no. I tell you, no. But unless you repent, 
you will also perish or likewise perish. So repentance brings about restoration. And many times we are thinking that when something bad happens, it's because you have sinned so greatly. The implication of this idea is that those who suffer more than you are worse sinners than you are. But it's not true. Again, some people we are trying to build, you know, I mean, where they are building the tower in uh, Siloam, this tower fell and killed 18 people. It was a big news in Jerusalem. And Jesus said again, he said, do you think that this 18 who died when this tower was, fell upon them, do you think that they were the worst sinners in Jerusalem? He said, no. No. They are not the worst sinners in Jerusalem. Because sometimes we are thinking that repentance is just for that wicked man, that evil leader. Repentance is for everyone. That is what Jesus is saying here. I pray in the precious name of Jesus Christ that we'll experience the restoration, we'll experience the power of his mercy that comes by genuine repentance in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, King of Glory. So David accepted, acknowledged what he did. He accepted what he did. He also adjusted his ways. Praise the Lord. I'll conclude this by saying just one thing. That repentance is a change of mind that results into a change of action. A change of decision that translates to a change of action. When people came to John the Baptist, when John the Baptist was ministering, and many people came, he said something to them, he says, Bring ye therefore fruits, meat for repentance. Bring ye therefore fruits. If you say that you have truly repented, it must show in your action. It must show in your action. True repentance is known, is seen, is manifested in action. Let's bow down and pray. Just speak to God this morning. It must be seen in your action. Not only to acknowledge your sins or to accept your wrongdoings, but also an adjusted life. Go ahead and just speak to God this morning. Say, Lord, I want to tap into the power of your mercy. Today, Lord, I come to you. Speak to God. 
I bring repentance to you, oh God, help me. Go ahead and speak to God and ask the Lord to help you. Tell him, Lord, I will not despise or look down on the riches of your goodness anymore. I will not disdain your forbearance and your long suffering. You've been so patient with me. Today I respond to your goodness by repenting. Go ahead and just speak to God. Yes, your goodness is what leads to repentance. Let somebody speak to God this morning in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Say, Lord, I turn away and I turn towards Christ. Ask him to help you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Ask him to help you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. I will find help this season, O God. Release unto me, O God, in the precious name of Jesus Christ, the grace. The grace of life was so much in the life of David. Let your grace be over me, O God, upon my life. In spite of my wrongdoings, I come, O oh God, and ask you, O oh God, in the precious name of Jesus Christ, that you please help me. Thank you, King of Glory. Baba, help me, O oh God, experience your grace in the new way. Blessed be your holy name. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The things I used to do, I do them no more. There's a great change that comes when a man repents. Truly, a time of refreshing has come into someone's life. And I pray in the precious name of Jesus Christ that you will never lack the grace of God upon your life. The power of repentance is the power of restoration. The power of repentance is the access to the mercies of God. God bless you in Jesus' mighty name. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Thank you.